talked about integrity here. We've talked about knowing your God. We've talked about knowing who you are. And today we got to know who the lost is. We got to talk about how God looks at the lost today. And I'm about ready to cry right now just thinking about it, crying a different tear, tears of rejoicing, because I've been here long enough to watch all of you get saved. There was only a few of you that came here. Matter of fact, uh, only three that I can think of that, or, or four that actually had a relationship with God before you came here. And some of you in that relationship with God, when you came two out of those four, you needed to be rejuvenated. But I look around the room and I just think about each one of your testimonies. And I could just be, I don't want to talk about it, so I want to let it happen, but I don't really cry a lot, you know. But since my mind's on it right now, I mean, just, man, as I think about the times when, you know, Josh came, Josh Perez as a new guy, and, you know, he had heard about God, and he really started a relationship. I, I you know, I think you'd have to dis- describe where you were with that, but, you know, you came to the church, and we sat down there at the Chinese restaurant, and you... Man, you just talked all about how much you wanted to get closer to him and wanted to get right with him and live for him and had a call on your life. And I can remember seeing um, Diana outside of the, I mean, outside of the Metro Praise door in the back, going to a fun day, going out to a beach. I don't know if you remember that that summer that you went out to a beach and you were like new. You know what I'm saying? And I just remember meeting you, and I was just hoping, man, I hope that she gets saved. I hope that she lives lives for God. And then like Adam, you know, he had served the Lord here, and he had been a part of what God was doing. But then he backslid, and he got into a wrong relationship. And we were doing a play and watching him come back and giving you a hug of embrace and loving you, but then watching you come and begin to weep at the altars consistently after that, getting right with God as you began to let God change your heart. You know, watching you guys come and accept the Lord and change and, and, and get it right has blessed my heart. But I want to let you know that for all of you that have been fruit of this ministry and for those that have been encouraged here, there were prayers going out for you before you ever got here. That this principle was being lived in this ministry, going back all the way to the days of when I was in a youth group and the youth pastor would put on music in a gymnasium, a room about the size of this, and youth would start walking in circles and just start praying, and you would start seeing them crying out, God, come, Lord, save Fort Wayne, save Northrop High School. And that's where I remember that holy pace and the tears coming down teenagers' eyes and believing God that he could do so much more. And that's what sent me to Bible college. I remember praying in Bible college and just tears coming down my eyes, thinking about Bourbon Street and what these kids were going through and the the homeless people. Well, today I want to give you this foundation of your ministry because you can never forget this. This is where the fruit comes from. This is what waters the soil of the ground. It's your tears. It's your brokenness. I'm just going to go through a bunch of scriptures, not fast beyond the point where you can't understand them, but fast to the point where we can get up here and start letting the tears flow and ask God for a new heart for the lost. Because we got to put this in our heart. we got to go deeper. 
And I can, I can be the first one over 15 years that there are times where I weep for the lost and they're always on my heart. And then I just get used to the lost. And then my heart needs to be broken up again so that I can weep for the lost again. And I just sense in this season of my life, I just need a fresh touch of that brokenness where we don't just see them as teenagers coming to a youth group. We don't just see them as adults that are happy about our church or young adults in our small groups or whatever. But we see them as what they really are, lost people who are breaking the laws of a holy God and will suffer for eternity. I preached a message yesterday on heaven and hell. I don't even think we can. I know I can't comprehend even a tenth of what that must be like what it must be like for somebody right now in hell, like the rich man, begging for another chance, but it's too late. Let's just go through these scriptures quickly. I, I'm not going to have time to wait for you to start turning them to them. I just have to start reading them. As Bible school students, you can write them down and take notes. Psalms 119, 136, David said, Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. David said, just tears break my heart, flow from my eyes, because your law is not obeyed. Matter of fact, do me a favor, just get the sermon afterwards, just watch me today. I want you to hear the preaching more than just writing down scriptures. These are, I'll send these to you. Just listen to me as I preach them to you today, because I got too many. You're just going to be, I'm going to be looking at heads down the whole time. That's not what I want today. Get the notes. Or, or listen to the sermon again. David said, Tears of water stream down my face because I don't keep your law. Imagine this. He's a king. You know? And he's looking out over the nation and he just sees them breaking the laws of God and it just breaks his heart. I mean, I was thinking about this as a pastor. And some of you here in this church and, and in this cohort, you've seen people, you know, break the laws of God, maybe be sexually immoral not keep their word or leave the dorms or something and it breaks your heart can you imagine what it would be to be a king and people in your kingdom someone is stealing another one is raping another one is disobeying their parents another one is cheating on their wife and this is your kingdom and you're looking at it like I'm, I'm here to lead these people and they're breaking the laws of God can you see what that would do to your heart as a pastor you can never forget to be broken for the people that break God's laws. This is not saying that we excuse their sin. It's just saying your heart needs to break. I remember there was a time that, man, I just didn't have the right heart about this. I remember when I would uh, hear about my friends, you know, having mistakes in Bible college, there would almost be that sense of like, all right, okay, they're falling, but I'm still here. Kind of like a prideful thing. But that is so far from my heart. And then eventually I got into that heart of, you know, I want to see people rebuked. You know, you're going to be rebuked and rebuked. And then I've realized that you can rebuke people all day long. And they still won't change. We've seen in this church examples after examples of people lacking integrity. But yet somebody will go right off the cliff, right after them, and lack integrity. Doesn't even stop them. Doesn't even stop them. People will destroy their lives in moments, destroy their testimonies. David says, tears of waters. Uh, tears 
The streams of water flowed from his eyes as tears. Jeremiah 9.1 said this, Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears. I would weep day and night for the slain of my people. Jeremiah was known as a weeping prophet. He wasn't like Isaiah shouting and hollering everywhere he went. He was weeping where he went. He was weeping for the people of Israel because this was it. He was the last one. As a matter of fact, he was there when they came to take his people captive. He wrote a whole book called Lamentations, which just means a book of sorrows after his prophecies found in Jeremiah because his heart was so broken after they were judged by the Babylonian army. Listen to what he says, Lamentations 1.16. This is why I weep and my eyes overflow with tears. No one is near to comfort me. No one to restore my spirit. My children are destitute because the enemy has prevailed. I mean, when was the last time you looked at your generation and felt that way and said, I'm weeping because the enemy has prevailed? When was the last time you looked at your generation and said that and said, it looks like he won. It looks like the cross never happened. It looks like the devil just came and took all of the college students. Looks like he just took over my high school. When was the last time you saw it that way? Just said, my heart is broken. Lamentations 3, 48 through 51. Streams of tears flow from my eyes because my people are destroyed. My eyes will flow unceasingly without relief until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees. What I see brings grief to my soul because all of the women of my city. So he's basically watched all the men and the good-looking women be carried away. He's seeing a city now left with women and children. And he's saying, I can't stop crying until I see this change. I mean, when was the last time you looked at the, the Ohio Park, the urban area we go to, and you're just were broken up in size and tears came down your eyes and said, this area has been destroyed. Parts of the south side just been destroyed. Or, or Wicker Park in the gay community. Look what happened here. It's destroyed. Tears coming down your eyes. Not, not just being angry. Not just saying you're going to hell. Not just saying a convincing argument. But when was the last time? Just tears. Just brokenness. And I know in a church like ours where we're Pentecostal, we believe in you know, the moving of the Spirit and giving people the mic to pray. I'm, I'm talking about just privately. Just something between you and God. It's not okay with you. You look around at the children of Ohio Park and you say, that is not okay with me. That breaks my heart. You look at this generation, the homosexual community. Paul continued on in this same vein in Romans 9, 1 through 3. He says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Unceasing anguish. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, those of my own race. He said, unceasing anguish. I I just don't shake it off. I just don't get over it. I mean, how easily do we get over it? 
we move on to something else. I was hearing a story about my best friend who's an evangelist and how when he was traveling with his mentor, they were leaving at 5 in the morning and going to the airport. And it's just so tiring at that time, if you can imagine, especially after a long night. And, and it's 5 in the morning, and, and they are there, and all of a sudden, the guy, the mentor, looks around for Wayne, and he can't see him. But he, he looks around more, and he sees him way down there talking to the guy cleaning windows. And he says, man, come on, Wayne, we got to go. We got to go. What are you doing? But then he starts to notice while he's talking that the man washing windows is just weeping. And the man says, this young man came and told me that God loves me. And that I'm doing a good job washing these windows. He said, I've been working here 20 years and nobody's ever told me I've done a good job washing these windows. And tears were coming down this man's face and he accepted Jesus. I mean, I think about that time that I was out with that realtor. And we're talking about business and it gets into her family. And then we don't let it go. We just keep talking to her, me and my my partner. We just kept talking to her. And then before you knew it, she couldn't hold it in anymore. Tears just start streaming down her face. She's just saying, I just need someone to pray for my daughter. I want to see her change. One of the mans who gave the most amount of money to our ministry got teary-eyed on an airplane as I began to tell him that I worked with young people. And he said, will you pray for my daughter? And I said, I'll pray right now for your daughter. And I began to pray with him, teary-eyed, and he supported me for many years. You see, my friends, we will be filled with tears when we can see the tears of others. When we can begin to understand the tears of the hurting. Paul said, I'm broken. I'm filled with anguish for those who don't know you. He then talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, those uh, that are being disciplined, specifically that man in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 that needed to be excommunicated from the church. He says, For I wrote you out of great distress in anguish of heart and with many tears. I mean, How easy is it for us now to give discipline to people in this church? We get so used to it, even myself especially. You don't serve God, you sin, get it it right or get out. You mess up in SUM, get it right or get out. But here's Paul, when he's writing the most strictest letter about church discipline, he's telling them now in the 2 Corinthians, you know, coming after 1 Corinthians, he's saying, when I wrote you that letter, when I was telling you, put that person out, He said, I was doing it with great distress and anguish of heart with many tears. Not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. When was the last time you just wept for the backslider? For the person that should be filling these chairs right now. When was the last time we we didn't judge them? We didn't look at them as we're better than them. We've made it. They didn't. Or that's the just punishment they deserve. And God's going to get them. Watch their life. They're going to fail. When was the last time we just thought of backsliders with great distress and anguish and it just broke our hearts? I think about Facebook friends. Sometimes I'll go to their Facebook page and I'll see that they're friends with all of you, but they won't accept my friendship. How do you think God feels? I stand here 
in the place of God and His authority to this church. Not, not being God, but I am God's authority as a man here to this church. Standing here, not as a pope or somebody, but, but speaking His word as authority. And they're saying, I don't want to be your friend. But I, I don't want to hear. If you've looked at my Facebook, I've never been personal on my Facebook one time. It's always just God is moving. God is doing good. Pray for these things. What do you think about this? But yet they can't stand it. And I think about, how does God feel? Because you see, my friends, God sees through all their religious attitude. Of course, we don't have many people who have left this church who say, I'm a God hater. I'm a Satanist. God sees through their little I love Jesus. God knows they're so far from him. Many people are coming to your mind that says, I'm talking to you. Some of you, you came here looking up to people that aren't even here right now, and they're not right with God. Some of you have siblings, friends that used to come, that used to sit right next to you, that used to want God just like you did. And now they're backslidden. When was the last time your heart just broke for them? Just tears, just I'm broken. Looking at Josh right now. Josh was baptized with one of his friends that day. I was like, where's your friend? And we even thought about him. I can't even remember his name. What is his name? Nico. We see so many people come in and out these doors. We've even seen people be baptized. It's almost like the curse of baptism. Not to say we're superstitious, but it's like by the time we start baptizing people, we always get a good 20 or 30. And it's like right after that, you'll just see a bunch of people disappear. And you'll have baptismal uh, certificates. And I'll tell you what, man, even just standing in front of you, it, it just doesn't hit you. But do you have no, any idea what it feels like to throw away a baptism certificate? Because the person you baptized is now backslidden. I mean, that's just hitting me right now. My friends, when was the last time we cried for those people? We're broken and said, God, I care about them. They're on my heart. We think about Jesus. And we think about what Jesus went through in his life. Do you know that during the life of Jesus, and I was studying this back there, and I wanted to make sure that I uh, had this correct, do you understand that in the life of Jesus, that the tears he cried before the cross at Gethsemane, do you know that those tears was not just for him to not suffer? Those tears was as a mediator. Hebrews talks about the tears that Jesus shed because he knew what he was paying the price for. He was paying the price for our sins. He was taking our punishment as a high priest weeping for us. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see a man that was broken. Broken for the lost. read this to you from Hebrews. Listen to Hebrews 5, 7. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. And since we're thinking about the cross, 
we would read that and say he was crying because of his suffering. But ultimately, why would Jesus be crying just for himself while he's having a pity patty party? Oh, I just, I really just don't want to suffer and it's going to be that bad. No, he knew that's what he came here for. So what is he afraid of death? He's looking forward to death. He knows that he has to go through that. The commentators say, as well as I agree, that these tears were not just for himself saying, Save me, save me, I'm so alone. These tears was because he knew at this moment he would be taking the sin, the sorrows, and the sicknesses, the judgment of God himself for all of the world. And he was broken. Broke. He was seeing your life and he was weeping out and crying out. He was saying, Father, save him. Save him. I've come for this. Lead me to the cross. Guide me. Let me walk through the valley of shadow of death. He was saying the Psalms 23 over his own life so he could be our Savior. He was broken and weeping for us. We look at Paul because we're studying the cults right now. And we look at how he even looked at people who were enemies of the cross. Philippians chapter 3 verse 18. For as I have often told you before and now say again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. So Paul, he wasn't just thinking about the Romans, how I can overthrow them politically, how I can have a protest. Paul was weeping for the enemies of the cross. When was the last time we wept for the Muslims that come and, and, and kill our fellow brothers and sisters? These enemies of the cross. Teaching a, a subject to, right now, cults to our, our, our you know, SUM class. When was the last time we wept for the Mormons, these polygamists, Mormons, the Muslims, extremists, weeping for them? Dear God, save them. God, don't let them die as your enemy. Why are we weeping for them? Because we don't want them to go to hell. No matter how great of an enemy anyone has been to us, they will not be better in hell than they will in heaven. Hell is not their destiny. It's better for them to repent and go to heaven. No matter who has hurt us, even Jesus to his accusers, the blameless, spotless Lamb of God being crucified, being tortured, is still pleading out, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive. They are my enemies. They are coming to kill me. They are betraying me. Jesus called Judas friend when he came to betray him. Friend, what have you come to do? He's pleading over the enemies of the cross. Mercy. The Bible says it's the love and kindness of the Father that draws men to repentance. It's the fact that God hasn't destroyed the world, that He's showing His love. The Bible says God is not slow, as some men count slowness, but He's patient with us, not wishing that any would perish. And we ask, what, what happens to these tears that we cry? Because I don't know about you, I've wondered that sometimes. You know, man, it's... You know, I know I feel better and I feel the anointing here after I've cried, but 
don't know about you, but sometimes I've cried and I haven't seen any immediate fruit. Now I know it comes and I know things begin to change. We have seen conversions through prayers. Heard a story of a family praying for a man on drugs. He was homeless living in dog houses. That's how homeless and strung out on drugs he was. He would go into people's backyards and sleep in the dog houses. And in this church, they were praying for him. And during that day, he came to church because he was going to cuss out his wife. But something motivated him to come that day, even for the wrong reasons. But he came, and as he walked into the church, he heard them praying for him. And tears began to flow down his eyes. His heart was broken, and God said, them. They were praying for him. There's the story of the man that had a, a shed and he would go back there and do his work and the things around his house and he would weep back there at times when he would pray for his lost friends. And one day he was out of town and his friend asked if he could borrow a tool and he said, sure, go to the shed. You, could, you can get it. And the friend went back there. And as he was back there, he became convicted of his sins. And he started to weep and repent in that shed. He told it to his friend. And he said, I've come to Jesus in your shed. It came to light. The sin that I had in my heart. And the man said, that is the place I've wept and prayed for you. That is the place I sowed for you in tears. But not only just those types of times. But what about the times maybe we don't see anything? What does God do with those tears? Psalms 56, 8 says, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. These tears that come down from our eyes. That's not just talking about the tears because we've been hurt. You read the psalm there. He's interceding for the people of his nation. And he said, "What, what do you do with these tears, God? And God says, I keep each one. I keep each one and I record it in my book. This is when you wept for your nation. This is that day you wept for your sister. This is that day. And it means something to me. That's what God says. Was Judas eventually lost? Yes. But those tears Jesus wept were never lost by the Father. Our tears can't make people get saved, but they can draw them closer to God. They can give them more opportunities. But I want to promise you something. Even if they reject it, even as in Jeremiah's time, the nation still went the wrong direction, God kept those tears. Because it was for God and His glory. You might say, well, what does God do with those tears? Revelation says, That God takes those tears and He has them before His throne. And they are an incense unto Him as prayer before His throne. That these tears become the bowls of incense before the throne of God. So when we look at the tabernacle and the altar of incense, what is it? Representing What is it representing? Revelation 5, 8 says, And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each had a harp, and they had golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Think of this. These bowls actually are the incense around God's throne. 
where he's kept our tears. Where every one of our tears have gone. And it's an incense to him. Nobody forgets in heaven what we've done down here on earth. Nobody, hallelujah, get that in your spirit today. Nobody in heaven forgets what we've done on this earth. Nobody may know on earth what we're doing here. They may just pass by this building and just see another building. They may just see a small group of people gathered together. And they can so easily forget in the next few moments, these tears could be dried up from your sleeve and from this carpet. But no one in heaven ever forgets those tears. God will always remember, and that's the incense before his throne. The psalmist gives a promise to us that if we keep praying and if we don't faint, there is a reward to these prayers. Psalms 126, 5-6, those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with him. We will see change from these tears. These tears will produce change. There was a young man praying before the Argentine revival broke out in the 50s. God saved my country. And he leaned against the wall and kept praying. And his tears stained the wall. And they said that was a sign to the people they were crying out to God. And revival broke forth. When was the last time we just said, God stained the walls of this church with our tears? Let it be a remembrance of how broken we are for this nation and for the lives of the people here. And the Bible says in Revelation 21.4 that one day, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more pain or death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. But that day has not come. That is not today. That day will come when there will be no more weeping. There will be no more interceding. It will be over. But this day is the day of weeping. This is the season of brokenness. This is where we fall on our faces, kneel before a holy God, and we fill those bowls with our tears. And we put an incense in heaven that everybody knows that we are here to see change. That it's not okay with us that lost people are going to hell. It's not okay with us that backsliders have walked away from God. It's not okay with us that there are enemies of the cross. It's not okay with us that a generation has been lost to abortion. It's not okay with us that people have been disciplined because of their sin, and yet people keep following that path off the cliff. Now is our time to break. Now is our time to join our intercessor in prayer and weeping 
for the those who do not keep the laws of God. Would you find a place to pray? As Lilani just keeps playing. And as much as I love group prayer, you can pray however you want. But I really want it just to be individually right now between us and the Lord. Just brokenness before God.